Hello, friend. Welcome back to Meg Living Inside Out. This is episode 13 of Friendship, Best Friends. As soon as David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David, and his armor, and even his sword, and his bow, and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul set him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. 1 Samuel 18, verse 1-5 through 5. The first thing I want you to notice about this passage is the deep affection that God gave Jonathan for David. This affection is going to come into play in David's life later on and literally save David's life. And he and Jonathan will say goodbye and never see each other again for many, many years until David hears of Jonathan's death. It's a really beautiful and sad story of two men who bonded in a very deep way and were very, very deep best friends. Now... The second thing that we have to observe in this passage is, is this passage prescriptive? Is it telling us something that we should do? Or is it descriptive in that it's describing something that happened? This is an important evaluation to apply to scripture so that we know, especially when we're reading something dramatic like the book of Judges or Ezekiel or even the book of Daniel, like, is this something that we should apply to our own lives or is this something that we should just learn from the lessons of what happened? It is my personal opinion that best friends and this idea of best friends is not guaranteed. I've had a lot of very close friends over my life and I haven't had any one that stuck with me through every single season. Now I have had one that was very close, but we still have seasons where we fade in and out and um she has another girl in her life that she calls her best friend. And I know that I'm close to her, but I am not her best friend. And I'm okay with that. So I call her my oldest best friend or my oldest close friend. Culture has really latched on this idea that we're supposed to have one best friend and make them last our entire lives. And this elevates friendship to a level that I don't think is healthy, and it places expectations on friendship that I don't think is healthy. I had a best friend when I was a kid growing up, and we were very close, and I tried to be a really good friend to her. Um, But things happen in our lives, and we kind of had different priorities and different values, and we kind of went our different ways. And... And I accepted that. And it was a hard lesson to learn. It was very painful. It was one of the first friendships that I really lost. But it was valuable. And I I treasure that time. I treasure those memories with her. Not too long after I lost that friendship, I had another friend come into my life. And a couple years in, she said to me, Meg, you are my best friend. And while I was honored by that, at the same time, I felt pressured Now, this was my first internet friend. Now, I've been very good at long-distance relationships because my first best friend was also kind of a long-distance relationship. 
She was a half hour away, and while we sometimes saw each other at church, we had to make do with the few visits that our parents were able to coordinate and drive an hour round trip to drop me off and then drive an hour round trip to pick me back up. And in this case, with this friendship, my new internet friend, in this case, with my new internet best friend, I knew how to maintain long-distance relationships, but that pressure of being her best friend was still there, and it really put a weight on me that I don't think was fair, and I, I wish hadn't been there. And so, from this experience, I've made it my, my own personal commitment that I don't tell people, hey, you're my best friend. You know, maybe maybe they are my best friend, but maybe I'm not their best friend. And the truth is that we can still have a very successful, meaningful, deep, fulfilling friendship without making that declaration of commitment. So it's been my, my purpose ever since then to prioritize my friends and show them instead of telling them you are valuable to me. I will make time for you. We will spend hours talking and working through things and I will lean on you and you will help me and you will lean on me and I will help you. And we have this mutual camaraderie that brings us together and helps us enjoy life with each other's company. To go back to the story of David and Jonathan, I want you to notice this element of Jonathan feeling instant, at sight, deep affection for David. This is something else in this passage that I think is descriptive and not something we should apply to our lives. Certainly, love at first sight and best friendship at first sight does happen, but it's not something that's guaranteed. It's not something we should look for. It's not something that we should expect. And I think culture has lied to us and put a lot of pressure on finding a best friend and being a best friend to that person. And one of the downsides of that is we have unhealthy expectations for what our relationships and our friendships starting should look like, number one. And then number two, we also have unhealthy expectations for what those friendships should look like going forward. And let's say that one person decides to pursue a lifestyle of foolishness that the Bible condemns. And yes, the Bible condemns certain lifestyles. And if you read Proverbs, it is very clear that there is many things in life that there's many people in life that we should avoid because, you know, do not stand in the way of sinners. Do not sit in the seat of scoffers. You know, do not walk with them. And that's a reference to Psalm 1. And we are not to spend time with people who are fools because they will bring us down into their foolishness. There's another verse in Proverbs that I really like. Do not correct a fool in his folly lest you become like him. And then immediately after that, it says, correct a fool in his folly lest he think that he is wise. And I am very roughly paraphrasing that. Um, but you can find that in the book of Proverbs. And my point is, is that, you know, we are called to correct fools, but we are not called to be like 
fools. And also, Proverbs says, don't go and grab a dog by the ears. Don't meddle in things that will only get you hurt that are none of your business. And so with that prescription, which is very clear prescription from the Bible for our actions, you know, we have to be wise about sometimes when our best friend has gone on a path that is not in their best interest. And if we have loved them appropriately and called them up and tried to call them higher and they have not received that, they are responsible for their own decisions. And if you have confronted them lovingly, and we're going to talk about confrontation. Confrontation is like eye surgery. You go in delicately, you go in humbly, you go in having already dealt with the sin in your own life. And not pridefully, not pointing or judging. You go in as if you're going to remove a grain of sand from someone's eyeball, calmly, peacefully, gently, with clean hands and a pure heart. That's what I had to say about confrontation. But I'm going to make another podcast episode that, about that because it's important enough, it warrants its own episode. But the point is, if you have a friend, a close friend, a best friend who has pursued a lifestyle of foolishness and they will not turn from it. Scripture gives you permission to distance yourself from that person. And so in the case of a breast friend, what that means is you can walk away. You are not bound by your by your love for them, by your best friend commitment to them. You don't have to. That's not biblical. It's not scriptural. It's not something that God has called you to. And I think, I think that's a very unrealistic kind of pressure that culture and life and our own expectations for ourselves put on us. And I don't think it's healthy. So to recap, best friends is definitely a thing. And if you know that you're best friends with each other, great. Walk in that. Rejoice in that. But don't be bound by that. Don't be bound by unrealistic expectations, either from yourself or from culture or from others. If this podcast has given you something to think about, something you need to work through and process, I would encourage you to visit the link in the description, inversestream.com slash podcast slash friendship. There will be a web form there that will connect you with a digital mentor who wants to help and encourage you in your walk with Christ. This is not a professional counselor, simply a Christian who wants to encourage you. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus, and I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go and live it.